Um, you know, um, I love coming to this house because uh, there's such a cutting edge ability to really take the voice of God and make it very, very practical. I think that probably both Jim and Jim would say that we probably have all traveled in a lot of different circles where there's a lot of things that are a lot more pathetic than prophetic and, uh, and, and kind of out on the weird edges of the prophetic. But how many believe that God's voice ought to be able to impact us in our daily life? Amen. And so I really appreciate that about uh, Jim LaFoon and Jim Critcher is that they take the voice of God. They make it very, very practical. Amen. Um, I want you to open up your Bibles with me and turn to wherever the Holy Spirit shows you. Because this is a prophetic conference. Turn to Isaiah chapter 60. (laughs) One of my most favorite prophetic scriptures Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Those first two words, arise, shine, literally mean wake up and be set on fire. Wake up and be set on fire. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up and be set on fire. (laughs) When we gather together like this for a prophetic conference, Part of what is happening is that God is opening up our eyes. God is waking us up. He is bringing us into a place and a time of spiritual awakening so that he can set us on fire. Now, I believe that God doesn't want to just individually set us on fire. I believe that he wants to bring an awakening throughout this land that is going to awaken a nation. How many believe that if ever we're in a time that we need to see nations awaken to God, it's this time right now? And I believe that God wants to awaken us. I don't believe that what we need right now is just another revival. I love the spirit of revival, but I believe that an awakening, this is how I phrase it, awakening is epidemic revival. That means that when you get revival in yourself, everybody that you get around gets revival. And it begins to break out like an epidemic and it begins to sweep over the land. And I believe that God is bringing us into a time of great awakening. As a matter of fact, I believe that we are on the verge right now of the third great awakening. But if you study the conditions about the first two great awakenings, you know that it got very, very dark in the land before the awakenings broke out. And so when we start out by saying, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, we have to understand it's because then we go into verse 2. Which says, for darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness will cover the people. How many know that's where we're living right now? I've never seen a crazier world. I've never seen a crazier political process. Come on. Does it feel like when you turn on the news, it looks like the world's gone crazy? (laughs) Darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness will cover the people. But... The Lord will rise on you. Say, on me. me. And his glory will be seen on you. Say, on me. me. Then nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Come on. The world's going to be looking at us as never before. In this next season of time. And the light of God's got to shine brighter and brighter out of us. During a time of morning prayer over this last year, 
maybe about a year ago, I just kept hearing the Lord, and this, this theme of awakening has been burning in my soul. And I kept hearing the Lord say, I'm awakening a force. I'm awakening a force. I'm awakening a force. And so when I shared this in our, in our prayer time, at the close of our prayer time, one of our, our students said, well, are you aware that the next Star Wars movie <laughs> is called The Force Awakens? And so we're going to play that for you. We're going to play the trailer to The Force Awakens. Because I got prophetic insight out of it. You know, when you're, when you're a prophet, you know, how many here like Star Wars? How many, how many think I'm going to hell by showing this? Okay, don't raise your hand. All right. Do we, ha do we have that trailer? Let's see if we can pull that up. <laughs> been an awakening. Have you felt it? Force Awakens, The Force Awakens, I had to go look this up. And I think that there is a truth in this. Understand, there has been an awakening. Can you feel it? There has been an awakening of darkness in the earth. But I believe there's also been an awakening of the force of the light of God. And God is awakening something in his people during this season of time. Listen, in this time of great contending, I believe that we're dealing with a war on worship. Come on. The question over nations and over lands right now is who is being worshipped? The whole question with ISIS right now is who is going to be worshipped? The whole question in the United States of America today is are we going to be one nation under God or are we going to be a nation under many gods? Come on, who is going to be worshipped? The second question is, who's going to control the wealth? And the third question is, who's going to control the power structures? There's great contention in the earth today. But God is awakening a force inside of his people. Now, uh, Jim and Jim and I and my husband, uh, we have the privilege, Reggie, we have the privilege every year of going to Hawaii to do a conference. Everybody say, aww. I know it's very sad. Somebody has to do it, right? But we learned something years ago, and that is that if you want to actually see anything of Hawaii besides the inside of a church and the inside of your eyelids when you go to sleep at night, you actually have to go in a few days early or stay a few days afterwards. So a couple years ago, my husband and I went in a few days early, and we stayed on the island of Oahu. 
And we decided that we were going to go hiking one afternoon. Now, I am not a hiker girl, but we decided that we were going to go hiking up this nice casual trail up to these beautiful falls. And so we started out on the trail. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. And uh, the sun wasn't going down on the beaches until about 7.30 or 8. And so as we started up this trail, the trail was supposed to lead us to some beautiful waterfalls. And it was supposed to take about 45 minutes. And so as we started up this trail, first of all, it took longer than what we thought. Um, probably because my husband likes to stop and take pictures about every 10 paces, okay? He's that guy, all right? I would never take pictures, but he takes pictures every, about every 10 paces. And so we got up to the waterfall. We spent some time there thinking we had plenty of time. But we learned something as we walked up to that waterfall, and it is this, is that the sun actually goes down faster in a valley than it does on the beach. And so where the sun wasn't going down till about 7.30, on the beach, all of a sudden, as we started back up the trail, it got darker much quicker than we expected. And pretty soon we were trying to navigate this path that was, let me just describe the path. There was a a rock wall on one side and a 30 foot ravine on the other side. And we started to navigate this path in the darkness and I cannot see my hand in front of my face. It is that dark. And we cannot see the path that's right in front of us because it got dark quicker than we expected. I think this is how a lot of Christians are finding themselves these days. Darkness has fallen quicker than they expected. And we're trying to figure out how to navigate this path in the midst of a lot of darkness. And so pretty soon, I, uh, I basically was starting to freak out, to be honest, And I said to my husband, I guess that we're going to have to camp here overnight because I'm not going to take a chance of falling into this ravine. And um, suddenly the spirit of revelation came on us. And we remembered that we had cell phones. (laughs) See how everything ties together at a prophetic conference. Now, sadly, we only had iPhone 4Ss at that time. So everybody went, aw, which did not have built-in flashlights. So we stood there in the dark and downloaded an app. Listen, sometimes what we've got to do when we find ourselves surrounded by darkness is we've got to stop and wait for just a minute and download something that's going to help us see. Amen? And so iPhone 4 um, flashlights are tiny little flashlights. But you know what else I learned? I learned a little tiny bit of light drives out a whole lot of darkness. And so we started navigating up the path. It was slow, but we could see. And I think sometimes when we find ourselves overwhelmed by darkness, we've just got to stop for a minute. We've got to ask God for a download of his light. Because his word will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so we begin to navigate up this trail. Now, now I swear to you, this is what happens next. Out of nowhere come these two men that come marching out of the woods, out of nowhere. And they've got these flashlights strapped to their heads. And they're, they're clipping down this dark path at a very quick pace. 
And they come up to us and they say, looks like you guys need some help. They reached into their backpack. They pulled out these giant spotlights. And they took off down the trail. They handed us the spotlights and they headed off down the trail. Now how many understand that now we're not just navigating by a little tiny flashlight, but we've got a giant spotlight lighting our path. My husband and I to this day wonder if God didn't send two Hawaiian angels to help us along our path. How many think it's possible that God might just bring angels alongside of us during this season of time? Amen? And so I want to talk about three things that I believe God's awakening in us when we're talking about the force being awakened in us. Um, You know, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violently. And the violent do what? Take it by force. Another translation says it this way. The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. I believe that this is a season that we've got to allow the force of God to be awakened inside of us. And even though we may be facing challenging, difficult days ahead, I believe that God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness to be able to navigate these challenging times, not just surviving, but forcefully advancing the kingdom. How many believe that that's the time that God wants to arise and shine on us? Amen? And so let's, let's just look at a couple of things that I believe God wants to awaken in us. First of all, God wants to awaken something inside of us. And that is the force of the Holy Spirit. Let me read you a very familiar scripture. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, When Jesus was getting ready to go up to heaven, you have to excuse me, my voice is a little fighting through just a couple things. Jesus was getting ready to go up to heaven and he said this. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now, most of us in charismatic, prophetic, Pentecostal circles, we probably thought that this said, you shall receive tongues when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Because that was really what we were looking for when we received. How many here have received the Holy Spirit? Okay, now we, we should receive tongues. I believe tongues is an initial evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But what it actually says is you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now I've preached from this, from this passage. I've, I've quoted this passage. I've taught from it. And I've taught from the keyword dunamis so many times it would make your head spin. But let me translate for you out of the Greek This phrase, you shall receive power. It is the Greek phrase, lambano dunamis. Let's all say that together. Lambano dunamis. This word lambano is a very interesting word when you look at it. Because when we see see these words, you shall receive power, most of us put ourselves in this frame of mind when we look at the word receive. We think it means like this. Okay, that is not the word lambano. Lambano literally means to seize and to take possession of. It is an aggressive, possessive, seizing the day, seizing the moment word, which literally means to lay hold of it and take possession. It is a very aggressive terminology. 
It is not passive. And I believe that God wants to shift the church out of a passivity into an aggression to say every single day, I am going to lay hold of the Holy Spirit power. This word dunamis literally means when you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, the very first word that you're going to find that describes this word dunamis is the word force. Now, we know that dunamis means miracle working power. We know that it means the power of God, strength, might. It means a miracle itself. It means the virtue of God. But it also, the very first word, when you look it up, it says you shall receive a force when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So in our ministry, we spend the first hour of every day praying in tongues. Hour every day. Let me just say, try it. Try it. It will revolutionize your life. As a matter of fact, the first day of every month, We take 24 hours in shifts and we pray around the clock in tongues. And we've got our churches all over the world, each taking days throughout the month so that we've got a saturation of praying in the language of the spirit because you will receive a force when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You will receive a force of power. You will receive a force of strength. So last year, I was in my time of prayer, my, my hour of prayer. And to be really honest, I wasn't feeling great. I, wasn't, I don't do not feeling well, very well. I'm a really lousy, sick person. And uh, I can't stand the weakness. Yeah, that'll be better. Thank you. And um, hallelujah. <laughs> and... Uh, not that those little squats aren't good for me, okay? Just, just to say, all right. But as I was praying in tongues, the Lord just kept rolling a scripture over and over in my spirit. So, out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good physically. It made me feel lousy emotionally. And the scripture, as I prayed in tongues, the scripture just kept rolling over my spirit. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so when I went home, I looked this word up. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And I found that it has its roots in the word dunamis. And that it is the word endunamao. Endunamao. Let's all say that together. En dunamao. You guys speak good Greek. What this literally does is it paints the picture of a vessel being filled up with a dunamis force of explosive strength and power. It literally, it, it literally speaks of being filled up with the force of God. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And it was really interesting as you look up these other words in that passage. Be strong in the Lord. Endunamao. In the power. In the kratos of his might. Iskus. When you look up each one of these words, it literally means be strong. Be filled with God's explosive force in the force of his forcefulness. 
That's literally what it means. So when we're, when we're getting up in the morning and we're going, let, let me tell you, my father-in-law has taught us, this is what he said. He said, if you're praying in tongues the right way, scripture says, out of your belly will flow. So when you pray in tongues the right way, if you've done it for an hour, your stomach muscles should hurt. Because you ought to be releasing the force of God out of you. Now, don't do it in the grocery store that way, okay? Shut that up, son. No, don't do that. That's weird, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> but be filled. And dunamao. There's actually a parallel scripture over in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, where Paul said to Timothy, Therefore, my son, be strong. And dunamao, Timothy. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Why was Paul telling Timothy and Dunamao? In Ephesians chapter 6, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, why did Timothy need to hear these words and Dunamao? Because Timothy was pastoring at that time the largest church in the entire world. Remember Paul went into Ephesus and he preached the gospel, started winning souls, started casting out devils. Remember they had a bonfire and burned all their magic books? Paul started this church. Then he said, Timothy, I'm going to leave you with this church. I'm going to go travel the world. Okay? Probably like Pastor Brett does during football season. Okay? <laughs> I'm going I'm to leave you with this church. Go, and, and I'm going to go on my missionary journeys. So here's what started happening. It became very, very hostile. Nero started killing Christians started burning them as, li as living torches, started feeding them to the lions. Heretics started coming into the church. Ephesus, which was a center of magic and witchcraft, the forces of witchcraft were coming against the church. And Timothy was finding himself being challenged on every single side. Have you ever felt like you've been in a situation in your job or in your family or in your personal life where you're being challenged on every side? then God is saying to you exactly what he said to Timothy. He is saying, en dunamao, be filled with the explosive power and might of God. The answer is not just in another program. The answer is not just in another formula. The answer is be filled with the explosive power of God. God wants to fill us. You're saying, why are you spending so much time talking to us? We're already spirit-filled people. But we need to be filled continuously. And I believe that the church for a, for a large portion has lost the revelation of what we've received with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, they've done two different scientific studies, one at Penn University, where they actually took somebody, put them in an MRI machine, and had them pray in English. And as they prayed in English, the parts of their brain that should light up, the frontal lobes, which actually control language, appropriately lit up when they were praying in English. But then they had them shift to praying in tongues. And listen to what happened. The frontal lobes that control language went silent. And parts of the brain that, that brain doctors never see lit up any other time started lighting up. 
Because let me tell you, when we pray in the language of the spirit, it doesn't come from our language center. It comes from our spiritual center. And at Oral Roberts University, they did a study and they said those that pray in tongues for, I think it's 20 minutes a day, will actually see their immune system improve by 35 to 40%. They've medically tracked this. Come on, there's a force that gets deposited in us. And that force will help you find breakthrough in whatever circumstance you're actually in. How many believe that? How many believe that God has put something inside of you that wants to begin to break out? Amen? Now, now listen to this because it is also a force of strength. That same word dunamis means strength. This is one of my new favorite scriptures. I think I put it on the overhead. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. As a matter of fact, I want you just to lift up your hands as I read it. And it says this. The Lord God is my strength. This is the phrase Jehovah Kail. In other words, Jehovah strength. And when you translate that word Kail and you look at it in the scripture, the first word that defines Kail is the word force. So let's read it this way. The Lord is my force. Come on, look at your neighbor and say the force is with you. <laughs> I just had to say that. Come on. The Lord God is my strength. Come on, when you're feeling weak, God is your force. When you feel like you can't overcome, he is your force. The Lord God, Jehovah Kail, Jehovah force. He is my personal bravery. He is my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of suffering, trouble, or responsibility. God is my force. Matter of fact, some of you have been feeling unusually weary. Get to your feet just right now. Just you've been feeling unusually weary. You've been battling cycles of sickness. Just, just lift up your hands right now. Wow. Okay, wait. When this many people stand up, it's not just you. When this many people stand up, this is about a, an assignment. Remember how, how Jim talked about this morning about a density? When it's this many people? All right, lift up your hands. Now give a shout to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We break every yoke of weariness. We break every yoke of sickness. We break every yoke. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask Jehovah Kail to arise. Jehovah Kail to arise. Now, just be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Just be filled right now. Come on, begin to pray in the Spirit for just a moment. Just pray in the Spirit for just a moment. We receive your strength, Lord. We receive your strength. We receive your life. We receive your Kail anointing right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we break. We break it now, Lord. We break it now in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say you're looking stronger every second. You can be seated. Put your hand on your belly and say, God's awakening a force in me. Second thing that God is awakening with this force is that God is awakening a force through us. And let me show you how this ties into the prophetic. Number one, the, the, the relationship with the Holy Spirit is the foundation of our prophetic anointing and our prophetic ministry. It says that you'll receive power, but then Acts chapter 2 says that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And the result will be your sons and your daughters will prophesy. How many here are either a son or a daughter? If you're confused, see one of the pastors and they'll help you, okay? Raise your hand if you're a son or a daughter. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I want you to say, I will prophesy. The voice of the Lord is a force. The voice of the Lord is a force. When Ezekiel was, when God took Ezekiel out to the valley of dry bones, he saw this valley that was filled with all these dry, sterile, dead bones. And God asked him a question. He said, can these bones live? How many of you have some prophetic promises? How many of you have some things that you've been believing God for? You've been standing on the word for? And it just continuously looks like a valley of dead, dry bones. By the way, that phrase, dry bones, comes from the convergence of three Hebrew words. Shame, confusion, and disappointment. Dry bones. God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And I love Ezekiel's answer. He said, oh Lord, only thou knowest. Such a religious answer. So you know what God said to him? He said, prophesy. Prophesy to the dry bones. Prophesy to the dry bones. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 31 says, the voice of the Lord will shatter the enemy. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 23 verse 29 says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? God's voice is a force. Why do we prophesy? Why do we gather? Why do we take time to set aside time for a prophetic conference? Is it just so that we gain information? Well, I want to hear what God's saying. But it's so much more than just about information. Look at Psalms chapter 29. It says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The voice of the Lord is over many waters. The the voice of the Lord is powerful. This, This word powerful is the Hebrew word koach. And look, what is the first word that it's translated? The voice of the Lord is a, say it, a force. The voice of the Lord is a force. Listen. When a prophetic word is released, it releases a force behind it that is so much more than just information. 
It is a force that begins to move things out of the way. About six months ago, I was prophesying to this young woman. She was a very broken young woman. She had a lot of trouble in her life. God was speaking into healing. God was speaking into deliverance. God was speaking into her destiny. Not once did God speak anything to her about her physical body. But while I prophesied to her, her deaf ear opened. I didn't pray. I didn't cast out a spirit of deafness. She was born deaf in that ear. And while I prophesied, God opened her deaf ear. You know why? Because the voice of the Lord is a force. When a prophetic word comes, it has the ability to move out of the way every obstacle that is in our pathway. When the voice of the Lord gets released, it has the ability to go in and begin to set right that which is out of alignment. About 10 years ago, I prophesied over a young woman who had, uh, had been uh, anorexic. Do you know what that is? Where people try to starve themselves to death. And she weighed about 70 pounds. And the Lord said to her, my daughter, you are going to live and not die. And not only will you live, but the Lord says that I'm going to give you a husband and I'm going to give you children. Well, let me just say this. The doctors had said to her, you're probably not going to live. And if you live, there's no way you would ever be able to be a mother. You've so damaged your body. Now, I didn't know that that was the diagnosis over her life. I knew something was really wrong. But the voice of the Lord went in and and began to lay the ax to the root of her circumstance. And the voice of the Lord was a force. Not only did she live, not only did she get married, not only did she start having children, but last year she had her seventh child. Which is not a blessing I would ask for. But can you see the voice of the Lord is a force. It takes that which is impossible and begins to turn it around and make it possible. Now tonight I'm going to talk a little bit about some things that I believe that God's releasing in this season. But let me just tell you, give you an example about something we walked through at our church. Um, Two years ago, 2014, we were, it was the month of April. We were having our prophetic conference that week. And our last speaker the last night was Cindy Jacobs. How many of you know Cindy Jacobs? Well, Cindy came and when she got up to preach, she got up and she started to prophesy. And the prophetic word went something like this. The Lord says that I have destroyed the spirit of delay that has been standing against you being in the proper timing of God. I have broken the curses off your land. We had a lot of stuff in our land, a lot of witchcraft in our surrounding area. She said, I've broken the curses off your land, so you're no longer going to be hindered by those curses. And the Lord said, now I'm going to move you into a renovation season. You guys, I know I've just come through a building program. You you can appreciate this. And she said, I'm going to bring a complete renovation to this building. I'm going to give new colors. I'm I'm going to bring new design. If you'll make the plan, I will pay for it. How's that? Awesome word. And then four different times while she prophesied, she kept pointing at our carpet and saying, and this carpet is coming up. This carpet is coming up. Well, let me just say, people were excited before, but they started jumping to their feet and cheer. I never realized how bad they hated our carpet. I mean, they were like cheering and jumping up and down. Yes. 
okay, God, renovate. We love it. So she gave the word and she left. Three weeks later, we had what they call the 100-year flood. We're not in a flood zone, but it rained so much that the water table rose up, pushed through the foundation of our building and filled up our sanctuary with water. Three weeks to the day that Cindy prophesied, we were in our sanctuary pulling up the carpet. How many know I saw that prophecy happening a different way? See, the thing is, we didn't have flood insurance. We don't live in a flood zone. They won't write it for us. But the word of the Lord said, come on, the word of the Lord said, if you make the plan, I will pay for it. And within a very short period of time, we'd raised $200,000. We had it all paid for. We did a complete renovation just like that. I mean, within a matter of months, four months, we had our whole church renovated. Now, understand this. It wasn't just foretelling. It was a force that was released. So I called Cindy up and I said, put your money where your mouth is. Thank you for that word. Now put your money where your mouth is. No. Uh, how many understand is a force that sets something in motion? So as you are receiving prophetic words, as God speaks to you from the scripture, understand that it's not just information, but it literally is an impartation of a force that begins to move things out of the way that would conspire against you to keep you locked up in something that seems impossible. The voice of the Lord is a force. The voice of the Lord releases Miracles. The third thing that I'm going to talk about is that not only is there a force in us, not only is there a force God wants to release through us, but there is a force that God has released to work with us. And that is the angelic host. The angelic host. And I think that now more than ever, we need to really understand that they are a force that God has called to stand alongside of us, to work with us, and to fight for us. And, um, and he, in uh, Psalms, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, it actually says, verse 13 and 14, it says that God sends ministering spirits who are sent to assist those who are to inherit salvation. How many here plan on inheriting salvation? Okay, how many plan on going to hell? Okay, it's one or the other. Okay, how many, how many are planning? Okay, so... I know most people don't plan on going to hell, okay? How many plan on inheriting salvation? All right. Then God says that he is sending ministering spirits as a force to assist us in inheriting salvation. It says in Psalms 103.20, it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, your, you angelic hosts, you ministers of him who do his pleasure. So I'm not among the crowd that believes that we go bossing angels around. I don't believe they're ours to command. I believe the captain of the host commands the angels. Okay, so I don't believe that, that we're to say angel go here and angel go there. But God will send angels down to assist us. Now, I can tell you several different times that I know that I've actually had an angel come and assist me. That I've physically seen a person who I actually then realized was an angel. He didn't come with white flapping wings. 
okay? But several different occasions, I'll tell you of one of them. My husband and I were in a Prague train station. We were trying to get to our next destination, um, but we'd never been in a huge, huge train station like that. We were Americans. We did not know how to read the signs. We also didn't know that from, lang- from country to country, languages changed, so the city we were trying to get to was spelled differently than the city that I thought I was trying to get to. Okay, so we were stuck in the airport, did not know where we were going, did not know how to get there. So my husband said, stay here with the luggage. Now understand, when he says luggage, we carry American luggage. Do you know what American luggage is? Huge, that's right. I believe in packing, like Noah packed the ark, take, two of, take seven of everything that's clean and two of everything else, okay? So we had huge luggage, all right? So my husband said, here, stay here with the luggage. I'll go find out where we're supposed to go. So while I'm standing there, this little old man walks up to me. Now, I don't know why the several times that I feel like I've seen angels, they always look like little old men. I'm not really sure what that says about me, that God feels like my angels have to look like little old men, okay? But this little old man walks up to me and he says, You're go, he says, you go to Wien, which is Vienna. And I said, yes. And he says, you go first class. Now, there's, there had been no conversation. I said, yes. He said, come. And he grabbed my bags and took off. And I was like, oh. And I grabbed the bags and my husband's coming back and he's going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm following the man. And he goes, Why? I said, just come. Yeah, so we're chasing this man. He takes us up onto this platform. Everybody's standing here. He takes us all the way to the end of the platform. My husband's like, why are you following this man? But there was something in me that said, follow him. Okay? So we stood at the very far end of the platform. Everybody else was at this end. And and my husband's like, is he going to push us in the tracks? And I'm saying, oh, ye of little faith. We stood there waiting for the train, and all of a sudden, here comes the train, pulls right up in front of us. They have one first-class car. It stops right in front of us. This little old man takes our very big luggage and hefts it onto the train. I'm telling my husband, get some money to pay the guy. Get some money to pay the guy. He pulls some money out. He goes to pay him, and the guy's gone. Just like that, gone. There's no way that he could have disappeared anywhere because there was a long way this way and a long way that way and nowhere else to go. He disappeared. And we looked at each other and we said, that was an angel. I could tell you other stories. But understand, God will send angels to assist us, to get us where we need to go along our journey. And they are a force that has been sent to work with us. You can't see them. Let's not get weird about angels. Please don't get weird about angels. Come here and let me slap you if you get weird about angels. Okay? But we need to understand that they are part of this prophetic force that God is releasing to us in your workplace, in your community, in your family, with your children. Come on, we need to understand that they are a prophetic force that God has released. So we're going to do one more thing. Let's all stand up. Because one day I was praying and I said, and I was, and I was praying in my time of praying in the spirit. And I heard the scripture that says, though I speak with the tongues of men... And of angels. How many understand that sometimes when we're praying in tongues, we may be speaking in the language of men? Matter of fact, we had a 
a young Hispanic girl that joined our Hispanic church that uh, spoke absolutely no English. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit last year. When she did, when she started praying in tongues, she got perfect English when she prayed in tongues. It was like she was speaking Psalms. We went to her afterwards to say, where did you learn to speak such marvelous English? And she just looked at us and like, I don't understand a word you're saying to me. Because you know what? She wasn't speaking in English. She was praying in tongues, but her tongue was English. How cool is that? And every bit as much as that is real, understand this, is that when we speak in tongues, we may also be speaking in an angelic language. Amen? So if we're praying and there's an angelic language, Scripture says, he shall give his angels, he shall give his angels charge concerning you, or listen to it in a different translation. He shall give his angels orders concerning you to keep you in all your ways. How many believe that there may be a time that we pray in the spirit? How many have ever been to a place where they don't speak your language? And you hear somebody speaking English, you lean in, don't you? Come on. If the angels start hearing us speaking their language, do you think they might just lean in? To hear what we're saying, to receive orders, to assist us in salvation. And so we're going to do this. We're going to do this last little thing. And I'm sorry, I'm at time. Can I have one more minute? I can finish this, I promise. Because we can do this quick. We did this. We, the first time I ever did this, I said to the people, I said this, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to ask the Lord for a miracle that we need help with. Does anybody here have, a, have at least one miracle you need help with? And we're going to pray in the language of the Spirit. And we're going to trust that the Lord can somehow release the force of God that's in us. Out of our mouths. To give angels some marching orders. We're not going to tell them what to do. We're not going to order them. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do what He needs. To, to help us break through in that area of the miraculous. I'm telling you, miracles are getting ready to happen. Get ready. This one couple that was in this meeting with us, they joined their hands together and they believed God for a miracle for their niece who had had a traumatic brain injury a year before. And at that time, she was laying in a vegetative state in a coma. The doctors wanted to disconnect life support. This is, I promise you, promise you, this is a true story. She was... In the state of Ohio, in a vegetative state, the doctors wanted them to unplug life support. While this couple took hands and prayed together for one minute, at the exact moment that they began to pray, after a year of vegetative state, that young woman, 23-year-old mother, sat up in her bed and started pulling tubes out of her mouth at the exact same moment. I believe it's a sign believe it's a sign. Listen, people of God, we get so focused on what it is we need to do, and that's good. But how many believe that there's some things that we cannot do, and we've got to trust the force of God that is inside of us? So God wants to awaken a force inside of us. So we're going to lift up our hands, and we're going to pray. Just lift up your hands. We're just going to pray one minute, one minute in the language of the Spirit. If you do not pray in tongues, that's okay. Pray out loud in English. And just trust that the Lord 
will just move heaven on your behalf. Let's pray together. Stir up the spirit of God that's inside of you. Stir up your gift of faith. Come on, cry out to God. Cry out to God. Release your force, oh God. Release your force, oh God. Release your force, oh God. The force of your spirit. The force of your voice. The force of your angels. Release your force, oh God. Do miracles. Do miracles. Release signs. Release wonders. Now give the Lord a shout. Come on, let's shout to the Lord. Let's shout with a voice of triumph. We shout with a voice of triumph.